Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is the Ken Carmen Show. And we are coming to you live on a beautiful Saturday midday as my read that has changed for the first time continues to load. So I know that I want to get it right because I don't want to get any crazy email from anybody as I'm sure that Tom continues to laugh as I continue to talk to fill some space while it continues to load. And here we go as we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Here we are. Silly season is here. It is off we go in the 2019 draft. It's all there for you, Arizona. And I just got a question because it was proven last year. So many questions about Baker Mayfield. You know, he's not the tallest guy in the world. And people kept saying, well, you know, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. We're thinking, you know, Russell Wilson, yeah, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's a franchise quarterback. He was a third-round quarterback. You know, we keep saying, well, Russell Wilson, you can't, if I'm going to use these guys as examples, Russell Wilson wasn't a first-round quarterback. Because he worked out, that's great for Russell Wilson. But because a guy is there, it, it's more of an outlier. It's not an example. So last year for Baker Mayfield, it's six feet tall, a bit over 200 pounds. It was, well, Russell Wilson, you guys. And then you go, no, you got to look at what he does as a quarterback. Pre-snap. Where's his hands? What's he doing with his feet pre-snap? What's his tells? What's he do with it? Where, where's he put the ball? Where's the accuracy? How good was the offensive line? How bad was the defenses that he was playing against the Big 12? These were questions that we had to answer, and, and Baker Mayfield ended up going number one overall. And the reason why you want one of these guys to do well, Drew Brees, second round, Russell Wilson, third round, the reason why you want a guy like Baker Mayfield to do well is because it changes the conversation. It changes the conversation of, of quarterbacks and what's right and what's wrong, and it's a great chance to put egg on people's faces. There were people coming out when Baker Mayfield came out in the draft, said Baker Mayfield is nowhere near an NFL quarterback, and back in last October, I was one of the people who said that. When he was shaking his garbage at Kansas, I didn't like that. When I heard the backstory, still, I wish he wouldn't have done it, but it made it a little bit more plausible why he did it. That was perfectly fine then after that. The whole Ohio State thing didn't care. Didn't bother me whatsoever, even though where I broadcast from. That doesn't bother me at all, and it wouldn't bother me if any one of these guys did it. But you end up rooting for the guys because, for me, as just having a conversation with you, you want them to do well because it changes that conversation. It's a chance to 
laugh. It's a chance to expose each other. It's a chance to give somebody a chance to 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 put themselves out there and say Baker Mayfield is going to be the best quarterback of this draft, and here's why I think. And basically, it just becomes a faith thing. You can't really tell. You don't really know 100% for sure. It's just a faith type of scenario. And so I was happy Baker Mayfield did well because, one, it saves a drowning franchise. Two, it changes our conversation. And here we are a year later. Arizona sits at number one. Kyler Murray's a possibility. He's five feet ten. He's actually over 200 pounds, which was surprising to a lot of people. I talked to Dane Brugler uh, earlier this week from The Athletic. He was really surprised that that measurement came in at over 200 pounds and still thought of, well, will he play over 200 pounds? Because there is a difference between Baker and, and Kyler Murray, and the difference is two inches. But also, if you see Baker, there is a little bit of pudding there. And you want a guy to have a little bit of pudding on the belt to make sure he can take some of that absorption there from some of the hits that he's going to take. For Kyler Murray, obviously a different type of quarterback. Shapely, the different types of look to him. A guy who can take off, but of course in the NFL, do you really want a guy like that who isn't built like the biggest hoss in the world to be taking off for you? But Arizona sits at number one. And because Baker Mayfield was drafted number one last year, and he went to Oklahoma, and he was a Heisman Trophy candidate, and he was not a cookie-cutter style of quarterback, Boy, it really gets our bull running. And it changes our conversation about what's right and what's wrong when we're looking towards a quarterback. What's good for a prototype? What's bad for a guy? Does he really want to play football? Does he have a chip on his shoulder? Can he learn the system? What does he do pre-snap? Where is his hands? What are his tells? These type of things. This is why this type of season is so much fun. Because we bet, and everybody loves to gamble, we bet on ourselves and we bet on the players that we think are going to do very, very well. We just got that eye. And we love to tell our friends that we got that eye. We want to be able to brag that I saw so-and-so coming out of the draft. I watched so-and-so at Fresno State. Boy, I watched Rashad Penny at San Diego State, and I knew that boy could haul the mail. You know, you love being able to do that. And so when I look at the drafted quarterbacks, the possible drafted quarterbacks for this year, you look at a guy like Kyler Murray, and for what he did for his career, and it brings up a difficult question for you. 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The the accuracy was there. Everything that you would want out of a guy like that is there. Can he be able to pay the freight in the NFL? And because of Baker Mayfield, so many people say, yeah, he can. I can't say for certain that he will. I can't say for certain that he won't. And that's not what you came here for. You came here for the damning hot take. Well, let me give you something here. If you don't love a quarterback, you end it. It's a marriage. It, it, you can try to work it out, but there will come a time where this will be an irreconcilable difference. And you look at each other and you say, you know, we tried. This isn't good for us. We have one life to live. Saw a stat that came out earlier this week. We're older women past the age of 60 are the happiest demographic of women that you're going to find in America. And part of that reason is, as sad as it is in some cases, or as, as good as it can be, depending on what you're thinking here is, is that people retire and they look at each other and they go, it's not the way it used to be. I'm going to live another 30 or even 40 or even 50 more years since we're living longer and we're having healthier lives than we've ever had before. That over that time, I I need to be with somebody who's going to make me happy. You don't make me happy. 
before there was a distraction. Now it's just us, and we're not making each other happy. And why spend the next 30 to 40 years of my life, the rest of my life, the one life I have, with somebody who's not going to make me happy, not going to fulfill my needs the way that I want my needs fulfilled? Why should you be with somebody who's not going to be able to fulfill yours? So there's a separation. Before, we used to stick to it, and before it was a glorious thing. Marriage is a lot of hard work. Having a quarterback and bringing up a quarterback is a lot of hard work. But if you don't believe it, if you don't think that it's right, then you move on. Don't waste your time as a franchise, and don't waste his time as a quarterback. Josh Rosen has been pulled in a million different directions in one year. Had a coach who was hired, then fired. Was drafted 11th overall, struggled a bit through his rookie season. All the metrics say, and this is the scary thing, a lot of the metrics say, or I should say all the metrics, say that it ain't going to get much better. And if you're the Arizona Cardinals, I'd still think, why force it? If If you're the number one pick and you really do believe that guy can help you, Then you take that guy and you say, damn the torpedoes. You move on from Josh Rosen. Maybe you can trade him. Maybe you find something better for him. Maybe the Giants move up. Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars move up. Maybe somebody moves up. Who knows? Maybe the Patriots give you some sort of a ransom for the guy. Who knows? But you move on. You give him a chance. You give yourself a chance. If you really don't believe it's going to happen. But the question becomes, you're going to do this for Kyler Murray. When for all intents and purposes, I look at Dwayne Haskins and I see, man, six foot three. Great big strong arm. He's not a runner, Stephen A., and he will tell you that. This type of draft, there's not very many great quarterbacks at the top of it. It's not 2018. And you're going to do this for Kyler Murray. And then I start asking the question, why? What, for Cliff Kingsbury? Again, I don't have anything against Kyler Murray, but I know that he's not the typical quarterback that we talk about. Dwayne Haskins is much closer to it. Hell, Baker Mayfield last year was more closer to it. Baker Mayfield does not get out of the pocket and go take it off 40 yards down the field. He'll run if he has to, but he's always keeping his eye up. He's always looking for the person to throw to. He is, while a different size and, yes, a different type of quarterback, there's a lot more classic quarterback than what people want to believe when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Kyler Murray's a different type of guy. Boy, he loves to run, and he will take off and become a running back. Can he take that type of punishment that can be put through put forward through the NFL? And why are you picking him number one? Is it really because of Cliff Kingsbury? Is it really because of a guy who just got fired in college football? Is it really because of a guy who coached very good quarterbacks, including Baker Mayfield, for a, for a period of time? You know, these are the questions that a Cardinal fan has to ask themselves. And I've, if I'm a Cardinal fan right now, I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried that too much power is being given to a guy who really has not proven it. Who wasn't able to take that next step. Lincoln Riley, it's not just because he coaches good quarterbacks and because Kyler Murray can go number one overall and Baker Mayfield went number one overall last year. We'll see what he does with Jalen Hurts. It's also that he's been in the college football playoffs the last couple of years since he took over at Oklahoma. That's part of the reason people like Lincoln Riley. When you look at Cliff Kingsbury, it's the exact opposite. It's not winning. It's coaching a quarterback. Why weren't you able to string together the wins? Well, he wasn't able to get defense going. He'll be able to take care of that defense with somebody else in the uh, in the in the prime time. We saw this with Sean McVay. Did you really see it with Sean McVay? Can we really guarantee that Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the Sean McVay type figure? Jared Goff can still run his offense, no matter what people want to say after they lost. You know, in a Super Bowl, it wasn't like it was Week Four to Bill Belichick. 
So you have Cliff Kingsbury who's going to make this decision. Makes me ask even more questions. And again, it's not even a question of Kyler Murray. So you're going to try to sell me on this idea, number one overall, and here we are March 2nd. You'll sell me on this idea of the Arizona Cardinals having the number one overall pick. You're going to take an unorthodox type of quarterback, and you're going to take him number one overall the year after you drafted a quarterback in the first round because of Cliff Kingsbury. Then I have more questions, and again, it's not of Kyler Murray. It's of why is Steve Keim even there? Remember that part in office space, what exactly do you do here? You fired you fired Steve Wilkes. That's a Steve Keim hire. You might be moving on from Josh Rosen. That's a Steve Keim pick. You hire Cliff Kingsbury. There's a connection with Kyler Murray. Do you see where I'm going here? What exactly do you do here? And so for those reasons, why? And I keep asking why. It's just crazy enough where they might be able to do it, but I just don't know if I fully believe it. Steve Kime's still employed. You've already fired Steve Wilkes. You brought in Cliff Kingsbury. You're going to give him an unbelievable amount of power without even proving it. It's almost the Peter principle here. Based on what? Based on Sean McVay? You're going to do that? There's so many questions, folks. I just, I don't believe it. You might like Kyler Murray. They might like Kyler Murray. You might like the story of it. You might like it that it's a different quarterback. For whatever reason, that's the fun of this. It's the human business, and we don't know how humans are going to act. These are people. They're not products. And we don't know how they're going to respond to certain situations. We just can't say for certain. And that's what makes the NFL draft that much more fun than the other one. Because they play earlier. They make a difference earlier. You see the difference. And there's more of them to go around than any of the other big sports out there. But for all of this, I keep asking so many more questions. And I just don't get enough answers. If there's a connection to Kyler Murray, are you trying to get somebody to trade up? Are you trying to get the Giants to trade up to make sure that maybe they can make sure that they can get Dwayne Haskins? Are you trying to make sure that somebody could trade up so they can get Kyler Murray if they really like Kyler Murray? Because if there's no market, any businessman will tell you, why not create one? And if you have Steve Keim already there and he's got to do something, I can't imagine he's as much of a boob as what we might think he is right now. Is he? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. The more I ask, the fewer answers I get, the more questions that I get. Does Kyler Murray really make sense for the Cardinals? Or is there all this smoke that's falling around it with no fire? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Lots of stuff coming up later on today. Chris Chaprasso will join us, uh, CBS Sports NFL writer. He'll join us uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, I want to hear about the Monday Night Football booth because ESPN is in some tough, tough times with that. High noon Eastern, Charlie Manuel, former Major League Baseball player and manager, 2008 World Series champion, will join us on the show. Eno Saros will join us at 12.35, 12.40 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk baseball with him. Bryce Harper signing today. What it does for the game of baseball. You got half of it done. Philadelphia, I don't think the Phillies will have any problem promoting him. You got half of it done. Now, Major League Baseball needs to do the rest. I don't need to hear anything more about Bryce Harper. I'm serious. 
I don't need to hear anything more about Bryce Harper being a jerk, being, and I know that some people were tweeting out some nasty stuff while the while the negotiations were going on. But for Major League Baseball, I don't need to hear anything more about him being a jerk or, or being petulant or childish or any of that stuff. What you need to do, promote him and let us figure it out. Promote Bryce Harper like you haven't promoted guys since Ken Griffey Jr. Promote him, promote him, promote him. Promote him, Clayton Kershaw, anybody from the Cubs, anybody from the Yankees, including Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, everybody you possibly can, get them on as many national shows as possible. Mass Singer, I'm serious, get them all over the place. Let us figure it out. Make them stars. They don't even wear helmets, at least with face masks. Make these guys stars again. You go back to my generation. If you're a millennial, hate to say it, if you're a millennial, if you're in your 30s, you remember copying stances? Who does that now? You remember playing baseball name game? Who does that now? You remember the stars, the mainline stars that came around at that time? The NBA has their problems. The NFL definitely has their problems. They don't seem to have a problem promoting their players. They all have problems. You don't. You got past, and I. Everybody still wonders about the steroids. It hangs over you like a cloud. Just get rid of it. Just, just keep moving on. The NFL. They sign a guy who hit a woman. They just keep moving on. As sad as it is, it's true. They just keep moving on. The NBA work stoppages. Guys moving from different town to town. It's not even that serious in a lot of ways. They just keep moving on. They keep promoting baseball. The first thing people think of are non-baseball fans. Steroids. God, it's hanging around your neck like an albatross. Bryce Harper just signed a $330 million deal. Celebrate it. Promote it. 855-2124-CBS. I don't have a ton of questions about Kyler Murray coming out of the draft. I question to take him number one overall, and I question why a team that drafted a quarterback last year, number 10 overall, who kept their general manager. While their head coach got fired, who he hired, and they might be talking about supplanting the quarterback who he drafted, still has a job. And they say, well, Cliff Kingsbury is the next Sean McVay. Sean McVay went to L.A. They kept Jared Goff. I know he's the number one overall pick. They kept Jared Goff. He wasn't that good his rookie season. Good coaches have what they have. They move with it. This is why I, I just don't believe that Kyler Murray, if Steve Kime's still employed, I don't believe Kyler Murray would be the number one pick. You need a market? Go ahead and create the market. What's better than two? What's better than one first-round pick? Two first-round picks. Go create the market. So it, it just leads me to more questions. And if you really want to get rid of him, if you really want to move on from Josh Rosen or you don't believe it, then just go ahead and do it. Draft Kyler Murray. See if that one works. I don't know if it will. Draft Kyler Murray and give yourself a new start with with Kyler Murray and move on from Josh Rosen. Give Josh Rosen a new start with New England or New York or Jacksonville or whoever it might be. 855-2124-CBS. Josh in York, Pennsylvania. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. I want to say I definitely agree with your take on uh, baseball. Um, I think analytics has really killed the uh, value of star players. You know, teams don't see their – they seem to think that these guys are just robots and, oh, you know, we'll plug in another guy and pay him less and blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Um, as far as Kyler Murray and um, the Cardinals, I hope they draft him number one. Um, did I mention uh, I'm a 49ers fan? 
Oh, so you want him to come? What, you think it's going to be a disaster? <laughs> I don't think Kingsbury is going to be a, a home run hire. And, yeah, I don't think Murray is going to turn out to be anything that special. This is why it doesn't it just it exacerbates my thought of common sense, doesn't it? Shouldn't it, Josh? You bring in Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I hear the next Sean McVay. No, Sean McVay took what he had and worked with it. I hear Cliff Kingsbury. Then why do you want Cliff Kingsbury? Well, you know, it's the same thing. Why did people want Lincoln Riley? It wasn't just the quarterbacks that he had. It's that he's a very successful college football coach, and it's still very, very young. So why am I getting a great big argument about Cliff Kingsbury that it really doesn't deserve to be there, Josh? And if you think about it, Sean McVay, I mean, what has he really proved? I mean, yeah, he he's he's a great offensive mind, but, I mean, they've also signed everyone in the world. I mean, the Rams got a Pro Bowl roster over there. And oh, I think, came, I, you know. Hey, I, I, I still give him, and, and this is where, and I think some people have been waiting for it, Josh, and thank you very much for the call. There's been some longtime NFL guys, and Tom behind the glass knows. There's been some longtime NFL guys or people who believe that Sean McVay hasn't paid his dues because, hey, who his grandfather was, uh, or is still, uh, for maybe just because of how young he is. They've been loving it, wanting to tear him down, and they love that he lost the Super Bowl and they had three points in the Super Bowl. They love that type of thing, or how many points they ended up scoring at the end of it. Yeah, that, that's what they love because they wanted, to sh- they wanted to tear down Sean McVay the entire time. He lost in the Super Bowl. He didn't lose to Hugh Jackson in week four. He lost the Super Bowl to Bill Belichick, greatest coach ever. Lost to him. So I I don't buy any of the stuff that, well, what has Sean McVay really accomplished? That team was more bunned. It looked like Jared Goff was a bust. It looked like they weren't going to be able to do anything out there. They were playing in that huge, tremendous barn that they could barely get 30,000 in there. People hated Stan Kroenke, and in two years they were in the Super Bowl. That's a lot. He accomplished a lot. I know Sean McVay is an entirely altogether and all-encompassing coach because Wade Phillips handles the defense. You got to be good at something. You got to know when to hold him and when to fold him. And Sean McVay seems to know what he's good at and knows what he's not that good at. And Wade Phillips can handle the rest. Let's not act like they completely fell apart. It's going to be interesting to see what they do against Jared Goff this year. But let's not act like he completely fell apart. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, I got to switch it up because we got Peter here. Peter is an Islanders fan. And there's a controversy that's brewing in the NHL. Because, yes, Islanders fans booed, and they heckled John Tavares when he came back. Isn't that what fans are supposed to do? Boo. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. Peter, you scared me, Peter. This is the Ken Carman Show. And the Islanders here, I believe, are going to be called for icing just 16, or check it, 18 seconds into the opening period. It also feels like December 2002 a little bit. The first time the Maple Leafs were back at the Coliseum after that unbelievable playoff series. And uh, you could tell from the boos in the background. John Tavares has taken the ice for his first shift 18 seconds into this contest. Yeah, they were chanting vulgarities at him when he hit the ice in warm-ups. They were chanting, we don't need you. Uh, There were some snakes thrown on the ice and also a jersey thrown at him as he left the ice. And those kind of things are just completely unacceptable, those last couple. You can yell and cheer and boo all you want, but... Again, right now they do chant a derogative term for John Tavares here, but we're going to hear this all night as, once again, the Islanders are guilty of icing here 30 seconds in. Audio courtesy of the Islanders Radio Network on Radio.com. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-2124-CBS. <laughs> brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com in 15 minutes. You can save 15% or more on car insurance. Were well, the snakes already dead? <laughs> if the snakes were already dead, then I say fair play. 
Hello, Peter. Hello. Am I supposed to berate you now and say that you're a bad fan and all that <laughs> no, stuff? Is that what's no, supposed to no, happen here? No, no, I, I Listen, I tweeted this the other day. I, I, unfortunately, I, I, I was not in the building the other night. I really wish I could have been there. I just you know, couldn't get my hands on tickets. And yeah. it was just a little, the, the cost was a little too prohibitive. So I watched it home on television. But I, I don't condone the vulgarities, at least some of them. I don't condone throwing anything at him. Uh, but I thought, uh, aside from that, I thought Islander fans did themselves fantastic the other night. The place was loud. Um, they let him know how they felt about him. Uh, he did not handle his exit from the Islanders very, very well. I don't think the Islanders handled it well last year either because they could have traded him at the deadline and gotten something for him. Yeah. But uh, I think I just I just don't like the way that he handled it, things he said that led everybody to believe that he was going to you know, be back. And, and, and as a free agent, you're entitled to go wherever you want to go. But, you know, don't sit there for a year and a half and tell the fan base during every interview, every time you're, the, a mic is stuck in your face. And I and I was there a couple of times when he was asked the questions, you know, I, this is where I want to be. I want it to work out here. Then you turn around and, and, and take it right down to the last minute and, and you walk out the door for less money and less years than the Islanders offered you. Well, I, I think he deserved just about everything he got the other night. I got to tell, well, you know where I'm from. So I got to tell you that I agree. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it. And then I heard of uh, Sean uh, Sean Avery. Yeah. I almost said Sean McVay. Uh, I don't think Sean McVay has an opinion on it. Uh, Sean Avery. Do we have the audio of Sean Avery? Did you bleep it? All right. Let's hear Sean Avery's retort. Uh, this uh, Did he used to play for the uh He used the, to play uh, for the Rangers. He, bound, he used no, to play for the Rangers. He played right. for the Rangers. He played for a, a, a bunch of different teams. Okay, let's hear Sean Avery about it just yesterday. All right, if you don't want to hear me talk about hockey, then hit mute. The New York Islander fans calling John Tavares a snake, throwing snakes on the ice. Who the f*** are they kidding? That guy played 10 years in that dump with those shitty fans, didn't say a word, was a great captain, never got arrested, didn't say you losers want to ruin his night coming back to play for you guys. What was he supposed to do? Lie during the season? Yeah. Or was he supposed to give the answer that all athletes give when they know they're not coming back to a team? You greasy Islander You guys get out cheered in your own barn by Ranger fans every time the Rangers play the Islanders in Long Island. you. No, F you. Sean Avery, everybody. <laughs> uh, now, I know Sean Avery. Pro- he probably did this to obviously irk you. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, he is a pest and a well-known pest. But, all right. One, isn't this what you're supposed to do in professional sports? It's for okay? bo- booing the guy who left. You're supposed to do this. Yes. So, I don't understand... I got I I got a little bit upset. You know I love Doris Burke. I am a huge huge fan of Doris Burke. Mm-hmm. But I dis- definitely disagree. When LeBron James came back to Cleveland, because I got to make this about me, <laughs> when he came back to Cleveland this year, fans gave him a standing ovation. The whole thing it was different than what it was in twenty two thousand ten, sure. and then it was still said, well, they should have given him more. 
They gave him everything. They gave him a video tribute. Because in the NBA, we just love to do this. We love to we love to to, to have this great <laughs> big contest about who could be more generous to the people who come back. So we love to have video tributes over this stuff, even though the guy's supposed to play another five, six years and compete for world championships. At least that's what he's supposed to do. Instead, he's making rap videos and he's trying to make movies. Either way, if a fan wants to boo... Or fans want to boo while they're still in the middle of it. I don't understand why all of a sudden this is supposed to be a problem. We're talking professional sports here. Okay, not high school, not college. We're talking professional sports where people pay money. They're supposed to have that type of feeling if a guy, if they feel they've been wronged by a player. This is supposed to be healthy. This is part of what mm-hmm. makes the sport fun. Yes. And I'm not talking just hockey. I'm talking when they threw money at J.D. Drew. I'm talking <laughs> about, obviously, LeBron any of it. I mean any of it. I think it's supposed to be within reason, but I think it's supposed to be encouraged, and I would definitely applaud Islanders fans for their reaction to John Tavares coming back the other day. Yeah, I, I again, um, it's, it's the matter in which he left. Um, it's the things that he said for a year and a half. Um, he wore the Islander jersey for nine years, not ten, as Sean Avery said in the video. It was nine. Still a long time. It's, it's still, still a long time. time. Called and, you and you know what? Too. And I, That's yeah, a well, you know what? You want, you want to talk about Greasy? I'm going to first of all, he was a substandard NHL player for a very, very long time. He was a pain <laughs> in the neck. He was not liked by a lot of people. And I'm going to I'm going to share. I am going to share a tweet with you from Chris Botta, who's now a, uh, a you know a writer and a, a, a PR person uh, for some other. Avenues. He used to be the Islanders uh, PR director for a long, long time. He told a story yesterday. This is the tweet from Chris Boddy yesterday, and this is all you have to know about Sean Avery and where this, where that garbage is coming from. Sean Avery, after a preseason game at the Coliseum, he was not in. He made a scene in the locker room hallway, talked the S word, challenged Islander suits to fights. The Rangers were so embarrassed, his own teammates, general manager, and head coach apologized. So enough. So, I mean, that's where it's coming from, Sean Avery. Um, you know, who is he to say that? This was a very emotional, you know, offseason for the Islander fans. He was a guy that was your, was was the franchise. He was the franchise player picked first overall. And yeah. all you heard from him for a year and a half, every time he was asked about it, was that this is where he wanted to be. When they When they had the press conference last year, to announce that they were building the brand-new arena at Belmont Park. I was at the press conference, and I stood right next to him when he was asked about his situation and how now finally the Islanders are going to have a a home of their own in in a few years. Does this impact your decision? And he he stood up there and said, well, this is where I want to be. This is where I hope everything works out. This is obviously going to be great for the franchise. Then a short time after that, the Islanders hold a press conference at the Coliseum to announce that they're going to come back and play some games there for a couple of years while they build a new arena. And again, the question was asked to him, how does this you know, impact your, your situation? Again, he stood up there like a robot, and that's another name that a lot of Islander fans like to call oh. him because it's basically like, you, like, like that's how he talks. Is that I, this is where I want to be? This Very is John Olerud, right? You know this. And so, so I, I had a feeling after both of those that this was not a slam dunk that he was coming back. But everything he said after the season, during the uh, everything he said led you to believe that he was going to come back. But to be fair, to be fair, what the Islanders should have done is before the trading deadline last year. They should have had that eight-year, $88 million deal, whatever it was going to be, the max contract. 
They should have put it out there for him and said, look, here is what we're going to give you. This is the most we can give you. Next, after the season is over, this kicks in. Are you taking this? And if he turns around and says no, then you have to trade him. You're not going to the playoffs. You could always try to re-sign him after July 1st if he's not gonna if he's not gonna take an extension. They should have traded him last year. That's not his fault. That's the Islanders' fault for not doing it. But he he begged the Islanders not to trade him. Begged them. Went to Garth Snow. Don't trade me. Went to ownership. Don't trade me. Now, if you're the I forget about Garth Snow because you knew he was going to be gone once they hired Lou Lamorello. If you're the Islanders' owners, yeah. you, know, you hear that and you're going to say, "Well, here's a guy he just wants to take his time." Uh, I, but they should have just traded him and gotten something for him. But just he, the way he handled it was was so wrong. He deserved just about everything he got. Again, I don't condone the vulgarity. I don't condone throwing things at him. I don't even condone the burning of the jerseys in the locker in the in the in the parking lot. I just didn't. I do. Uh, I don't. I'm pro. I don't care. I I hate people's stance on that. Don't stop burning jersey. First off, I don't think that a Steelers fan, and I don't think the Steelers fans as a group are bad fans because one guy burning Antonio Brown jersey or somebody burns a jersey. I don't think that we need to grow up on that. I think it's grossly overdone. Second of all, it's your money. Okay, you want right. to spend a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, or whatever it might <laughs> be. <a> you want to <laughs> set your money on fire? You go ahead and set your money on fire. I got other things to worry about than some ass yeah. standing there in a parking lot setting a jersey on fire. I don't care. It's your money, set it on fire. I don't need to sit here and have great big rants about shaming fans because they want to set things on fire. I don't care about that. So if if an Islanders fan was upset about it, obviously it's their right to be upset about it. I went through the same thing as a basketball fan. I wanted blood. I was upset for it. I think I got mine back when he came back in 2010. And this time around, it was different because they won a championship. It Mm -hmm. happened with recency. And obviously he's a lot older than what he is. We didn't know if he was coming back back in 2010. So I think that there's a difference there so what I'm pointing out again is that the beauty of professional sports is about flat out winning and no it doesn't always have to make sense it doesn't always have to be rational but I don't think I need to kiss the ass of every single player who comes back just so I don't have any one of these great big long diatribes on any one of the midday yeah. sports talk shows <laughs> telling me that I'm a bad fan well I, don't think I, anybody I do needs think to do it. I do think I, the, the, I think the Islanders were obligated to do it because I think if they don't do it then then they then they look you know, shallow. I think they take the high road by doing it. And I said, you know, I said this on Twitter the other day. If I was lucky enough to have a ticket the other night, I would have booed him every time he touched the puck. I would have booed him. I would have booed him if he was in the starting lineup and he was not. I would have done everything. But you know what? When they showed when they showed the video, um, I nine years is nine years, and he was the captain for five years. I probably would have gotten up and and and, and clapped for him. Not. Overly, not like, woo, 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 welcome back, John. But I would have given a gratuitous clap for him. but Because nine years is nine years. And at the end of his career, you don't know what's going to happen. He could very well someday come back to the Islanders. You just don't know what's going to happen what, down, what, down so the road. Do you think the Islanders, because they got, who do they, who's their manager now? Who's well, their head coach? The coach, Barry Trotz, who won a Stanley. Oh, wait, Ken, that was the other thing, too, that really annoyed Islander fans. And this this is where he gets a lot of criticism, too. <laughs> so he, he goes into free agency. The Islanders hire Lou Lamorello as their a Hall of Fame general manager who's won three Stanley Cups. And they hire the coach that just won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, and that's still not good for you with that roster of young players that they have and with Tell the money they have to spend, Tell and he still off. didn't want to come back? We don't need you. We're in first place without you. That's right. 
tell maybe, them maybe you not tell for them long. Off. They're tied with the Capitals now, but you we're in first place off. without you. We'll make the playoffs thank, without you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. You That's got something it. to say. I got to say, and, and Peter, thank you very much. Peter mm-hmm. coming up at the top of the hour here. He's fantastic. Did, did you get it all off your chest, Peter? I want to make sure. I, I, I spoke for myself and my two okay. children that were, were okay. very, very upset on July 1st. See, yeah. you have, you're a voice for the voiceless. You're there's, like Paul there's a box of, there. There's a box of John Tavares merchandise in a box in my younger son Jared's bedroom upstairs that he hasn't quite decided what he wants to do with yet. So you set it on fire. Well, if we had gone to the game, that might have been what he wanted to do. But, we, you know. I, well, wait a minute. I how didn't how, how much co- is it worth? Is it worth anything? Well, there's a jersey in there. Well, you can make a buck. If you can make a buck off of John Tavares, you might as well make a buck. There's a large John Tavares image, you know, like big doll that he had gotten a couple of years ago. There was was like a starting lineup figure in there type of thing. There was Ah. uh, a couple of other like bobbleheads in there. So there there was probably, I would say, a couple hundred dollars worth of merchandise that's still sitting in that box. I dig. Okay. Well, if you can make a buck, go make a buck. Uh, He's not quite sure. It's his. It's up to him what he wants to do with it. He's eight years old. He can figure out what he wants to do. All right. Peter, thank you. You got it. See, this is, and I'm serious about this. This is why I got to be careful because of the climate that we're in. I'm not talking politically, okay? But this is why, and I, I just, I laugh, and I don't think I'm going to have a lot of time to say it. Let me try to say this real quick. We got Chris Trapasso coming up next. I might say it before him, but let me just point this out. I laugh when I get around some of these writers and they can't believe some of the vitriol that they get from fans when they start talking about this type of thing, when they try to shame fans when guys come back. Fans are the reason that we're here. Fans are the reason that we do this. You're the ones listening. You're the ones reading. You're the ones watching. And when we can't believe, I can't believe that Islanders fans would react this way. You know what you're really telling me? You're telling me you've lost touch with your customer. That's what you're telling me. When you go on great big long diatribes about how Islanders fans or Cavaliers fans or college football, whatever fan, within a reason, were to react like that, you're just exposing yourself that you've lost touch with your customer. I'll explain more on the other side. Also, Chris Trapasso going to join us. We'll talk about the NFL Combine with him. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 